Podcast 004, Diatomaceous Earth. Sponsored by my buddies at PantryParatus.com. They sell food preservation tools. Produce, prepare, preserve your own harvest. Okay, so so it's going now? You got it? <laughs> I I know you hate it when I ask you that and you've already pressed the button. And so it just it just feels my humor needs to ask you. If you press the button, is it going? <laughs> I thought it was awkward how we started it last time. I was trying to prevent that this time and you wanted to make it that way. <laughs> it's kinda weird how that happened, isn't it? <laughs> Remember, the quality doesn't have to be anything above zero. <laughs> Again, we have here Paul Wheaton of permies.com, richsoil.com, and he now has Paul Wheaton. What is your blog website oh, right. name? Oh, right. I'm just, I'm just using and abusing WordPress, I think. I, yeah. and, and you know what? It might change. There were some people that were saying I shouldn't put my blog there. And really, I was just putting it there so I could have a place to stick the podcast stuff. But it's that I, I believe, if I remember correctly, it's Paul Wheaton Twelve dot WordPress dot com. I, I that's what I'm recalling too. Again, we're doing a podcast from the road as we're traveling now to Coquille, Oregon. Uh, we made a stop in Dexter, Oregon, and got video footage of Rick Valley at Lost Valley Educational Center. Anyway, I'm Jocelyn Campbell of jocelynsevents.com, and uh, Paul Wheaton also has Paul Wheaton 12, a YouTube channel where he's got over 80 YouTube videos. So we're doing podcast number four. Is it number four? I, I'm glad you're keeping track because I, I already forgot. <laughs> well, you're driving, so so you're entitled to not not have your full wits about you. So I'm trying to help fill in the gaps while you're driving. This is a demonstration of your awesome accounting skills. <laughs> you can count to four. <laughs> I went one, two, many. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, uh, so um, as we've mentioned at each of these podcasts, we're taking suggestions for podcasts out at the Tinkering Forum at permies.com, and um, we're requesting links to the different, Paul's different stuff to help spread the word about living more sustainably, living more frugally, living more self-sufficiently, and uh, today's topic is Diatomaceous Earth. So that that would be the link for today too that I wanna I wanna get people to do. And and when we ask for a link, um, maybe we you know it's like if you've got a blog or a, or a website that's the best. But if you don't have that, getting a link onto a forum is probably the next best. And then after that, um, putting it on your um, your Facebook uh, wall thing. That's that's probably, but really, you know, a link from anywhere that that you might have access to on the mighty internet that is just uh, is just grand. But uh, that that's that's the thing we're looking for. Diatomaceous earth, though, today. Oh, and I should say, uh, let's see, uh, the link should say diatomaceous earth, and of course, if you go to richsoil.com, you can you know get the exact spelling, and then it, it should link to the article, which is I which I believe is http colon slash slash www dot richsoil dot com slash uh, diatomaceous dash earth dot jsp I think. Okay. 
and um, we're going to talk about what diatomaceous earth is. It doesn't look very earthy. It's a white powder. It looks more like flour almost. Yeah, it's kind of off-white, and it and it has a weird texture to it. Like if you if you stick your hand in flour, um, actually, you know, it is really kind of similar to, to flour, but probably a little bit more feels a little more sticky, a little bit more scratchy than flour. You rub it between your fingers. Okay. So we're going to, uh, as we were reviewing the different key points, uh, Paul has a very thorough article out on richsoil.com about the uses and, and what it is. And um, we're going to just briefly touch on most of those in today's podcast. And as we were making the list, uh, Paul was wrapping up the list by saying he thought no homestead should be without it. Right. I, I think every homestead needs to have at least 10 to, to maybe even 50 pounds of diatomaceous earth on hand at any given time. And, you know, the stuff is already millions of years old, so it's not like uh, you have to worry about it spoiling or anything. Um, uh, I, I know that here in the Pacific Northwest, the place I like to get it is from Azure Standard, um, and uh, but but I mean like a lot of people that are they might not know about Azure or they might find it a little wonky to to you know uh, try that out. Um, I've got a new source on I, I, and for for uh, years now I've had a link to some stuff that I found out was really good on Amazon uh, and and the links are in the article. Uh, but just a few days ago I got a new source uh, and we'll talk more about that later uh, as we get into the talking about the crystalline silica content and stuff. I think that the the place to really start with it, though, is, uh, well, why the hell do you want it at all? And I'd I'd say the the number one reason to have it is that it's a a general insect control that you can eat. And, in fact, you do eat it. Anybody who eats grain eats it. Uh, It might even, like, be in other foods, too. But um, in the in the old and moldy days, they used to stick these nasty pesticides in with the grains that they'd stored in the grain silos. I know, because I used to drive the wheat trucks, and as we would uh, drop off our load, these guys would throw this smelly pink stuff in. Um, and now uh, they've, they've gotten rid of that, and they use diatomaceous earth. And um, so then uh, and the diatomaceous earth is far more effective than any other uh, insecticide uh, because they can't build resistance to it. The, the way that diatomaceous earth works is that, um, well, and, and in fact, this part, I, I've heard from so many different sources, so many different things, um, but, but it, uh, I, and I, I believe it actually does two different things. Um, so I'm going to go with, I'm going to go with what I think it does. And that is that uh, it, it's actually kind of sharp for insects. For us, it's totally fine. But for insects, it's kind of sharp, and it actually cuts, and and it and it gets caught between the joints of their exoskeleton, and 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 cuts in more. It also helps to kind of scratch off. It's kind of abrasive, so it helps to scratch off their waxy outside coating. And um, and then since it's a desiccant, meaning that it dries things out, it it actually kind of turns bugs into little bug jerky. So they're all they're all dried out. And, and crispy inside, then because most of the, uh, the the water, their water needs are are met through humidity in the air, and this thing kind of screws that all up. So uh, I'd, I'd say its primary function is is as a general insect killer. I don't even want to use the word insecticide because it's it's not a chemical at all. 
Uh, and, and to me, when I hear the word insecticide, I think, I think chemical. So if we eat it in grains, why do we end up eating it in grains? Well, so now when we go in and we take the grain to the grain silo, uh, they, they dump gobs of it in with the grain. And so it's already there. But uh, uh, so there's this, so there are, and there's also different grades of diatomaceous earth. And of course, the stuff that they dump into the food is food grade diatomaceous earth. And so that's a grade of diatomaceous earth that has a very low crystalline silica content. Uh, to qualify as food grade, I'm, I'm pretty sure it has to have less than 1% of crystalline silica. Uh, and, and there's, I mean, a lot of people are familiar with the stuff, the, the, the diatomaceous earth that's used for swimming pools as a, as a filter. And that stuff's been baked. And, it, and when it does that, it, it turns into like 70% crystalline silica. And now that stuff is dangerous. If you powder the air with it and start, you know, breathing it in, it, it could lead to cancer and, and other uh, uh, problems. So don't don't be uh, fooling with that stuff. Don't don't touch that. Um, in fact, uh, the Amazon links that I have are to uh, diatomaceous earth that has a, uh, a a content of crystalline silica at 0.5 percent. And uh, I tried to talk to the manufacturers a little bit about their uh, crystalline silica content level, and I and I really didn't get very far. Um, and uh, so I just kind of let it go, you know, 0.5%. That was the best I could find anywhere on the Internet by far. I mean, I was finding a lot of 1%, so there's only like one place where it's 0.5. So it's like, well, you know, okay. I was, I was kind of hoping for something even lower, but oh well. Then um, a few days ago I found a source uh, where I visited with a guy on the phone for a while, and uh, he was saying that they guarantee it to be less than 0.5%. And they're usually at 0.1 to 0.2 percent, and and, uh, and so he uh, he and I talked at great length about the different uh, diatomaceous earth mines and um, uh, how uh, uh, this stuff was by far the best in the world. There's there is no better, and uh, I think a lot of his business is with people who uh, buy it and they they intentionally eat like cups of it, like, like, not, not just, uh, like, oh, it ends up being in their grains or something, but, like, they actually, like, oh, I'm going to eat a, 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 a third of a cup of it today. I'm going to eat a third of a cup per meal today. And, I mean, like, they ingest large quantities of it. And, uh, um, I've, I've heard of this, um, and it's it's a, it's very popular among the crowd where it's like they're really um, bonkers about uh, longevity. Like they want to live to be more than 100 years old, and and they eat a lot of this stuff. And I, I have tried to read it several times, and uh, I think it has something to do with it having the right kind of silica in it, and it's like a, a building block for you know cells and bones and all kinds of things, and it's it's a critical component. And it's like. This really good diatomaceous earth apparently is like just the just the right stuff. Yeah, and and that's that's not really what your article on rich soils about uh, isn't about people uh, use of it. Even though you know that's that's the kind of diatomaceous earth. Sometimes you call it DE for short. Is is the kind that is the food grade that people could eat. Um, but you're recommending using it to help get rid of pests. Right. Um, 
Um, dominantly, yes. And, and uh, my point in going down that path was to make it clear how how safe it is. I mean, you know, that that it's actually has a, a variety of health benefits for mammals, while it's horribly deadly to insects. Uh, one of the people at permies.com uh, took some diatomaceous earth and put it into a jar along with some fleas, and uh, the fleas were dead in minutes. Um, and, uh, and I, you know, and this reminds me, before I forget, one, one of the important things when you use DE is use lots of it. Use gobs. Don't be bashful. Don't be shy. In fact, my article, uh, Ants and Aphids on My Apple Tree, I, I started off trying to use DE, and it wasn't effective, so I tried a bunch of other things, and then I ended up coming back to the DE, and then I used lots of it, and then it worked great. And the thing is, you can get like a 50-pound sack. Uh, if you go to the right source, like if you go to um, uh, uh, Azure Standard, I think a 50-pound sack is something like 15 bucks. And I just want to interject that it's such a fine, light powder that 50 pounds is a lot. Yeah, yeah. I, I think uh, if, if any of you get some, you should probably get 10 pounds. Don't fool around with the 5-pound stuff. Get 10 pounds. It lasts forever. Um, but I, I imagine that once you, if you've got a, a homestead, if you've got 20 acres, you start using this stuff, I, I think that you're going to end up burning through 10 pounds in a year or so, uh, maybe maybe two years, and you will be really glad that you, that you got it. Um, I know that a lot of farmers will feed it to uh, their animals as a form of uh, parasite control, and um, uh, now, which, which has always kind of bothered me a little bit because I kind of think, well, the key is, is that once it gets wet, it doesn't work. You got to keep it dry for it to be effective, and um, and then how can it be effective then if it's inside the gut of an animal? Um, and so I don't I don't fully understand that. However, um, boy, people have been reporting awesome stuff with it, and and like the animals just become phenomenally healthy after uh, being a little on the ill side, uh, uh, feeding it to them, and and uh, and they're also doing fecal uh, parasite counts. And and they're they're showing dramatic improvements, you know. Uh, so it's, it's definitely worth it. Now um, I did um, after after writing the article, I, I uh, did uh, get a copy of the uh, the book, uh, the Diatomaceous Earth uh, book by Tui Rose, and I read it. And wow, not only did it uh, you know confirm everything that 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 I'd researched for years. Um, but uh, it went into a lot of detail of a lot of other stuff that I never even knew about diatomaceous earth. Uh, um, it's, it's being used as a cleaner, as an abrasive uh, agent is, is amazing. Uh, as, a, as a body talc kind of a thing, apparently it, it does amazing things when you, when you uh, powder yourself with it, uh, when you're uh, having certain kinds of issues. Um, uh, the list just goes on and on. This stuff is like, uh, uh, it's, I, I don't know, I, I want to say it's like the miracle thing of some kind. Uh, I don't know how to exp express that. I, I do think it's like, uh, I, I know that for a lot of problems on the farm, the first thing that pops into my head is, I bet diatomaceous earth will fix it. It's like duct tape. 
That's what it is. <laughs> you know, it ought to be on the Red Green Show. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Duct tape. If they, if the women, uh, what is it? If they don't find you handsome, they should at least find you handy. And so that means you better have some diatomaceous earth with you. Yeah. So, so it's effective against fleas and aphids. You mentioned that, right? Oh yeah, and uh, uh, well, not aphids. I don't know about anything about it. Uh, ants, though, because it was ants. Because with ants and aphids, when you because the ants basically herd the aphids, right. and then as if and and then. Uh, if you've got like an aphid, something that eats aphids, it, you can't get it anywhere near the aphids until you get rid of the ants. So really, usually what happens is is that if you just get rid of the ants, then uh, the aphids will go away because the uh, aphids' natural predators will come in because you know those aphids they're they're sucking the sugar out of the plant, and so they taste like little pieces of candy. So then along come all these uh, like ladybugs. They love candy. They'll eat aphids like crazy. But um, bed bugs. Bed bugs, nothing works better against bed bugs than diatomaceous earth. Nothing. Nothing comes close. And and for fleas, I've got my big flea control article. Um, nothing nothing works as good as diatomaceous earth in, in fighting fleas. Uh, there there have well there there are a couple of things that have been very, very interesting and I'd like to conduct more experiments and they could be um, more fun, more scientifically cool than uh, diatomaceous earth. Um, and Because uh, diatomaceous earth, you've got to leave it on for a while with fleas. You've got to outlast their life cycle. But, um, uh, but for the most part, uh, diatomaceous earth is, is a number one. Grasshoppers, uh, in fact, uh, it's great for a chicken's dust bath because uh, chickens like to, chickens get mites on them and then they'll, take, they'll give themselves dust baths to get the mites off of them. So uh, diatomaceous earth inside the, the, the where the, the dust is for their dust baths, that's awesome stuff. That really helps them a lot. You know, I, I use diatomaceous earth to get rid of ants in my kitchen because I had tried what I thought were the less toxic ant traps. They were borax ant traps. And I swear the ants were just eating that and having fun. I don't know. The borax wasn't doing anything. And I also moved a flower pot outside my kitchen window, and the ant hill was under the flower pot, and I saw the woodpeckers come and eat all the ants, but I still had ants in my kitchen until I put diatomaceous earth around the edges of the floorboards where they were coming in, and I haven't had them since. I think an important thing with uh, uh, diatomaceous earth, and, and and it's with borax too. Now, don't I would not use borax for a lot of these situations. But I think borax is a useful tool for the toolbox, but but when it comes to insect control, borax is almost never the solution. Diatomaceous earth is almost always better, and and you know borax is toxic. It's just it's just a low toxic thing, a low toxicity item. Um, but in this case, uh, uh, it's almost always used incorrectly. It's always used in a way where you get to experience the toxicity of it. Don't do it. Stay away. Um, but uh, uh, diatomaceous earth and borax both are, are generally used by folks in an incorrect way. Uh, and and uh, the, the correct way is uh, to keep in mind that, the, that it's not a bait. Um, the uh, the insects don't like it and they will avoid it, and so uh, um, as opposed to a bait that's like, oh, this seems like awesome stuff. Give me some of that, and then it's like, you know, 
got some kind of toxic element to it. So, um, uh, uh, for diet, for diet you got to put it like for ants. If you know the path that they're on, just a little bit right where their path is will usually do the trick. You know, they they they, they put a, um, <clears throat> ten steps, fifteen steps into it, and they got enough on them that they're goners. And uh, um, that's all you need. I, I mean, I've I've uh, seen it uh, a couple of times. I've fiddled with it a couple of times. Uh, when when I see ants in an area, I just put a little bit down in that little area, and they're gone within an hour. Um, but it's not like you put it someplace and hope that they'll come to it. You've got to you've got to get it on them, and and uh, make sure that they get it get it on them. Yeah, I. Um you told me about that experiment someone on Kermes.com did with putting the fleas in a jar. And I'd been using diatomaceous earth in my place for fleas, not very successfully because I wasn't consistent enough with it. Um, and so I put some fleas in a jar with diatomaceous earth, but I had diatomaceous across half of the bottom of the jar, half with the DE on the bottom half totally clear. And the fleas did stay away from the DE, and they stayed hopping around on the clear side of the jar just fine for a while. It wasn't until you made them go through the DE that then they were dead. And they were dead almost instantly after getting in the DE. But um, but it, it, it made a big difference. You had to have the whole surface covered of where they were going to go instead of just hoping they'd fall in it. Yeah, I, um, you know, with with the flea stuff that you had at your house, that was a long road, but they are gone. Yeah. And um, uh, and and I do think it was a big part of the DE, but but you were uncomfortable with the idea of like going full DE, and and so uh, it's like, all right, we we won't do that, and uh, and so it was just slower. It was really slow. It was months. You know, but uh, but then it was just like all along the edges and stuff, and and the thing is, is that yeah, they'll. I mean, if you if you give them a place where they can go without it, they'll they'll go there. They go hang out there instead. Um, and and you know, in time, they'll probably accidentally hop onto the DE once in a while. But it, but but you better be patient then. And and they could still keep reproducing forever. Um, but you know that's that's another topic for another day is, is talking about all of the the flea control stuff, the flea life cycle, and, and things of that nature. Um, all right, I think uh, I think we've covered quite a lot here. What what else is on the list there? I think you covered just about all the oh the the other pieces you wanted to cover are. The unwarranted fears. We talked the unwarranted fears with using DE, uh, which is mostly. Um, well, I'll let you go into that, and then also it can. I experienced it can cause a vacuum, and that's not a fear. That's just a mitigation. Yeah, you're gonna have to have a, a kind of, and then that's another thing too. Is like uh, for for fleas at least. Vacuuming them is, is a great way, but you got to put a little, a little bit of diatomaceous earth in your vacuum first. But yeah, if you've got these vacuums with the fancy pants filters on them and stuff that'll fan, that'll filter out little teeny tiny bits, well, DE is little teeny tiny bits. So um, you know you're gonna it, you're, it's gonna filter it, and once it filters it, and you get a whole lot of it, well, be prepared to be able to change your filter a lot. 
Um, and and also, uh, you know, hopefully you've got some kind of setup where you can wash it or or something like that. Because because it's like, imagine what's going to happen if you spilled uh, um, flour on the on the ground. You, you you spilled like a couple pounds of flour, and then you took the vacuum to it. Well, it's going to also plug up your filter the same way. So uh, then uh, there's a lot of people that are all like, oh, no, DE is dangerous. You get it into the air and then you get it into your lungs and you're going to die. Well, that's, <clears throat> that's got a little bit of truth to it for the pool-grade stuff, um, uh, but not for the, for the food-grade stuff. The food-grade stuff, there's people that have worked their entire lives in diatomaceous earth mines and have never had any health problems. No no cancer, no nothing like that. Now, there's also people that have worked in um, the pool-grade diatomaceous earth factories that have a lot of problems, but that's where you're taking the diatomaceous earth and you're heating it and getting more of that crystalline silica stuff. I found one other piece in the notes. We we wanted to talk about what diatomaceous earth is, and we, we've covered that pretty thoroughly. It's... it's uh, uh, you might discuss a little bit. It's, it's fossilized critters of kind, right? Yeah, uh, and so they're actually called diatoms. And uh, at the bottom of my article, so there was there was somebody who um, saw the article, and uh, she works as a scientist uh, monkeying with diatoms and documenting them. And so she um, uh, took a whole bunch of pictures of living diatoms of, of today. Uh, and, um, uh, and so those are on the website. She gave me permission to post them up there. I've, I've given her full credit. There's even a picture of her up there uh, uh, collecting samples. Um, but the, uh, the diatomaceous earth is actually the fossilized remains of diatoms, millions of years old. And so you'll get to these places where there used to be millions of years ago lake bottoms or something, and they were just full of uh, diatom critters and then, you know, uh, ever, all, all the things lined up just right so that the, the diatoms were fossilized by the ton. And uh, so the, apparently uh, there's, there's like, a, it's not like, a, well, I'd have to say it is a limited resource, but it's, uh, I don't know, pretty pretty massive, my, my impression is anyway. Okay. Um, we also wanted to talk about the different uses for diatomaceous earth, and we talked about how it's put in flowers to help uh, kill any bugs that might get in the grain or in grain silos. Um, so it ends up in our flour that we eat. Uh, we talked about people who actually eat it as a as a health thing, and we talked about using it for bugs. Um, and we didn't talk so much about using it as a desiccant, except how that acts against bugs, but there's a homesteading use of using it as a desiccant as well. Um, well, the, as, as far as, well, saving seeds. I mean, you want to you keep your, your seeds dry and, uh, and when you store them, and, and so putting a little diatomaceous earth in your seed packet is very helpful. Um, from a homesteading perspective, uh, a lot of people will put diatomaceous earth, uh, like they'll have a five-gallon uh, bucket, and they'll fill it with, with their home-harvested grain, and uh, they'll mix in some diatomaceous earth with the grain. Uh, with the grain. Um, yeah. I'm not sure where else on the homestead I can think of other than as an insect control. I think we've covered everything. You already, at the beginning, talked about the updated source links in your article, 
and um, the places to get it so that you're getting the kind with the lowest silica. Um, crystalline silica. Crystalline silica. Right. Because, you know, the, I, my, my understanding is that diatomaceous earth is like a, uh, a major component of it is silica, but it's like the good kind. And then what you want to do is you want to minimize the bad kind. And, and that would be the crystalline silica. Does that, does that make sense? Yes. Yes. Makes sense to me. So um, we're at about half an hour for this podcast. So Sweet, because, you know, the exit's not that far away. <laughs> and, and, and you know, I'm, I'm worried that we're going to miss the exit. So we got to, you know, strategize around that. Right. Right. So this podcast is a little different. Um, we're, we're doing it on the road as we're vid- visiting all kinds of cool eco people. And uh, Paul's been driving and I've been trying to help hold together the topics. Um, and this was podcast number four. Again, um, let us know what podcast you want to hear about out at the Tinkering Forum on Permies.com. And Paul has a promotion running for people who pushed links of any of his stuff out to reddit.com. That's also... Well, of course, you know, uh, in, in theory, people are going to listen to this podcast like, I don't know, maybe a year down the road. Oh. And then, and then you know, when it comes, if you want to be involved in, in that promotion, it'll probably be over and it sucks to be you. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, uh, you, you should have been here a year ago. <laughs> Mike! <laughs> Yoink! So, uh, uh, I, I, you know, again, uh, make the link to the Diatomaceous Earth article, please. And, uh, uh, and then if I get lots of links to my stuff, I'll be a very happy guy and I'll make more podcasts. Uh, so, I, I think that's it. Do you want to do the, you want to do the, the grand finale? Uh-uh. Oh, it's gotta, it's gotta be me? Okay, all right. If you like this sort of thing, and I know you do, come on out to the forums at permies.com where we talk about non-toxic techniques, homesteading, and permaculture all the time.